City. It's your man, Big Pat, the voice of your Charlotte Hornets. And you're listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network, presented by Sports Illustrated. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to an episode of The Stinger on the All Hornets Podcast Network, one podcast feed with multiple shows, making sure we cover the Charlotte Hornets from every single angle. If you like what you hear, for example, our trade mock trade series podcast, which you're listening to right now, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review. The All Hornets Podcast is affiliated with the Fans First Sports Podcast Group. On today's show, we are very lucky to be joined by Ryland Styles of Thunderous Intentions with Fansided and Locked on Thunder. Ryland, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. Not not at all. And uh, Ryland, Charlotte Hornets in the midst of a just another truly depressing season. So can you just tell people what it's like to uh, to cover a team like OKC right now who just seem to be on top of the NBA world? Yeah, I think that from a fan base perspective, this is the best possible rebuild you can ever have. You know, they they ship off their franchise pillar, Russell Westbrook, and ship off Paul George, and they have a surprise little playoff run in the bubble in, in 1920. And then they, they have two down years where they're just really bad. But nonetheless, those two down years lead to last year's fun play-in team. And then this year, top team in the West right now, uh, battling out with Minnesota at the top of the standings. So uh, from that standpoint, it's gone exceptionally well. And then just also the the style of basketball. You're not only winning games, but you're playing a very fun brand of basketball. You have very fun star players to follow along with, too, that really uh, kind of connect with the fan base a lot on social media and kind of make it fun in that way. So it's been awesome to kind of see what this team's able to do. The most, you know, the most kind of fun part about it has been that every time you try to put your expectations or limits or or predictions on what this team's going to be, they've blown right past them each and every time so far. And so it's just kind of a a situation where you're just kind of waiting and seeing like, what is this going to end up being? Cause it's an incredibly hard to predict right now. Uh, Cause they've, like I said, passed by every single projection. And on top of all of that, the Thunder have just a, a ridiculous number of draft picks, future draft capital. I mean, on the, the trade machine, the Hornets have 14 picks in the fans trade machine. You go on the Thunder, they have 36 36 draft picks and they already have a team which is second in the west so there is so many ways for the team to upgrade here and and i guess part of what we'll talk about this today the fact that the thunder have so many picks i'm I'm sure you see this every single team that wants to trade with the thunder is being like well you can give up that extra second or you can give up that first like you've got enough like the, the they're almost the value of the thunder that picks the o a lot of other teams will argue the value is less and I'm sure the Thunder will be arguing it's just worth the same as any other first-round pick around the league. Have you seen that dynamic play out a little bit? Yeah, I've seen it kind of show in a lot of different areas where where it comes from both sides, right? It comes from opposing fan bases who want to make a trade, yeah. trying to to extrapolate some of those more first-round picks, like you're saying, because you have them to throw away. And then also 
even from you know Thunder fans, they, they kind of view it as, well, they have them to spin, so they might as well go spin them uh, and kind of push yourself over the edge of these packages. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that it's uh, an interesting look at, at the Thunder's trade value. I think that what you said about the second-round picks, though, is the important part. The Thunder have 20 tradable second-round picks. You don't get those second-round picks to do anything else other than clean up on the trade deadline. We've seen it time and time again, year over year, where at the trade deadline, the the biggest you know kind of piece of currency is second round picks. Like that's what veterans go for. And so I think that that's kind of where the Thunder will overextend you know their second round picks and just say, hey, they're they're offering you two, we'll give you three. They're offering you three, we're going to give you four uh, yeah. to to go get whatever you know you know marginal player is available. And, and then that's how they're going to improve their team just from not only just like from a couple of weeks from now, but like years from now. That's how they're going to continue to do this. I think. Uh, at the trade deadline specifically. So uh, yeah, th- it is a luxury. I think that uh, Sam Presti has always made the analogy of no one's ever kind of walked into a store and said, gosh, you know, I have, I have way too much money. It, it, it is like true dollar pills in the sense of how you exchange and get better players through trades. So uh, it's, it, I don't believe that there's so much of a thing as too many picks, uh, but it just allows you to have that flexibility to do a lot of different things. And in terms of this trade deadline specifically, what do you think are some of the the needs for this Oklahoma City Thunder team? And and not that there are that many needs. I mean, I've seen both arguments that you never know how big your window is. You need to capitalize and push for it now. And I've also seen that like this team, why, why disrupt anything to do with this team whatsoever? Like because everything is flowing so so well. Where do you kind of land on that spectrum? Yeah, I think that it's going to be in the middle. I think that we've seen Sam Presti every year that this Thunder team has been competitive at all, go make a trade at the deadline to improve the team. I mean, last year's team, who was who, who was losing, you know, at that time to Detroit and like teams like that, uh, you know, in that season, and were they were not firmly in the playing picture at the deadline. They were they still had work to do to get themselves into the playing tournament. They still went out and made moves to improve. Dario Sarch was a huge upgrade uh, last year to this team. So he's proven he's going to go make a, a, a upgrade or an addition. I think uh, within the next few weeks. But I don't think it's going to be some superstar player, mainly because there's there's really not one available. But also, you know, those trades are so much easier to have happen in the summertime. And if you if you cash them in right now, if you cash in your chips right now, you have less than half a season to to gel that team together for a postseason run. So you're not really gaining anything from this specific run. Like if you add a big time player like Laurie Markin, you're not gaining the benefits of Laurie marketing until next year uh, to its full extent. So you might as well just wait till the summertime and use this entire season as a way to collect data points of who can play in the postseason, who's who, um, you know, produces at that level, because we see uh, throughout the course of the NBA, there are certain players who rise up in the postseason, play way better than you expect them to. And certain players who play way worse than you expect them to. And the Thunder haven't gotten to see who falls in which category in this roster yet, because mm-hmm. you know, really, even though Lou Dort and Shea have played in playoff series, they've never played in playoff series as the this current version of themselves. So it's as if they have no experience. And for Lou Dort, his only experience is in the bubble where there's no travel, no fans, all that stuff. So and he was a rookie. So I, I think that using this year as a as a maybe your biggest move is like Kelly Olynyk at the trade deadline. Using this yep. year though to to gain the benefit of letting those guys experience the postseason and the in, and the coach who's never play, you know coached in the postseason as well you know using this as kind of a more of a data collecting season will be beneficial for the team but they're still going to go out there and, and make a trade and I think that that's why the Hornets are, are really interesting in this conversation. 
Well, you say there are no superstars available. Superstar James Bucknight is technically available, Rylan. You'll be glad to know. So, uh, once almost reported and rumored to be an Oklahoma City Thunder member during draft time, if I if I remember correctly, he That's was right. very closely tied to Oklahoma City. Um, so, I think we take a first, maybe maybe two for James Bucknight right now. Um, but but moving on, earlier in the day, um, I sent you. Four different trade ideas just to get the 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 kind of the talk started. And I'm I'm gonna let you decide kind of which one you wanna revisit first. Uh, and if you can kind of share what I sent you, and I know you've had some some of your own thoughts. So I will uh, open it over to you. Where where does your eyes take you? So the the first thing that I love from a Thunder perspective is your first option on the list of Davis Bertans for PJ Washington. And then the Thunder to make that happen will give up the Clippers 24 first round pick and uh, a second round pick in 2026. I think that that would be supreme value for Oklahoma City. Uh, I think that P.J. Washington is a much better player uh, than, of course, Dallas Patons. Like, that's obvious. But I think he's a much better player than some of the players that are in the rotation right now for Oklahoma City, where he could really help this current team. And yes, you give up a first round pick, but it's a first round pick in a draft class where you're going to have to take a shot. Like, where that Clippers pick is, and of course, they still owe the worst of these four picks to uh, now Toronto after the Siakam trade, but still... One of the, you know, whoever is the third worst of, of the four that the Thunder own will then, in this case, head to Charlotte. Uh, in that case, this is a draft where there is not a ton of like shoe in prospects. There's not a ton of prospects who everyone kind of has a consensus of they'll play at the NBA level. They're going to need a runway. They're going to need developmental time. They're going to need uh, to, to craft diamond in the roughs in the, in the draft. And this Thunder team is kind of going to be past that stage at, at the end of the season. So mm. losing that first round pick in this specific draft is not the scariest thing. Meanwhile, for Charlotte, they can focus all their energy on finding, uh, you know, th- that that having another shot at, in a draft like this, where there's no consensus, that's even heightens the, the potential value that you find at the bottom of the first round. And so getting another shot at that, if you're Charlotte, for the exchange of just PJ Washington, I think would be worth it. Uh, but I love that trade for both sides, but I love it a lot more for Oklahoma City uh, in this case, because I just don't necessarily value the 24 pick because it's not as though the Thunder will be pickless after that trade. So they'll yeah. still have their shot at a 24 class. Whereas the, uh, the Thunder would still have how many picks in this first round in 2024? Would they still have three? Is that right? Even if they traded that Clippers one? So if they trade the Clippers one, the, so the Thunder right now currently on their own pick, the Clippers pick, the Jazz top 10 protected pick, and the Rockets top four protected pick. I don't think that the Rockets are going to finish top four, so they're going to get that yep. pick. However, here's the issue. the Whatever pick of those four I just listed – is closest to 30. That will head to Toronto. It was originally going to head to Denver, then it got traded to Indiana, then it got traded to Toronto. That's going to head to Toronto. So then you're going to work with the remaining three. And remember, the Jazz could technically finish at top 10 of the lottery. So you yeah. might not even get that pick. Now you're down to two. And then you you know you pick between the Thunder and uh, the Rockets pick. But yes, the either way, the Thunder realistically will have at least one pick remaining after this trade because I just don't believe the Rockets can get bottom four right now. Yeah. So, look, I hate the 2024 draft. I've already started doing my work into it. And, look, I would have loved to have put, like, a 2025 pick here, but I don't know if you say yes to this deal if I put a 2025 pick in. Because the other thing is, for Charlotte, they don't need more young players right now, okay? They need some culture setters. They need defense, toughness, outside shooting, like, Three-point shooting and defensive toughness is not what you normally get from rookies. And, like, they just need to start building a little bit of a culture. And they've got a lot of young guys already on this roster. So, I mean, again, this is obviously we're taking off our biased hats here, right? 
Um, so my question to you would be, if you say you love this deal for OKC, I guess if we were to change that 2024 first into a like a future, uh, you know, the Phil- I don't know, the Philadelphia or the Miami first in 2025, um, or, or would you prefer to like add another second onto that? Where, where do you think that equal value falls? Or do you think we're at it with what was initially suggested? Yeah, I, I think that the Thunder would absolutely be willing to add another second to this deal. Okay. Uh, you know, if, if you look at it and think that, yeah, the 23rd draft kind of lessens the value of that first. So it's it's kind of not a, not the full effect of a typical first round pick. Then yeah. adding a second, even two in this trade would be worth it because the only thing the Thunder are giving up you know, is Dallas Bertans, who doesn't play. And so and the, he's the, got just, just to outline for Bertans, he is technically, if you look on a lot of the websites, they'll say, oh, he has a $17 million salary for next year, but there is only a 5 million guarantee on that. So right. essentially you can waive him next season for like a 5 million cap hit. So he does not, you are not paying Davis Berton 17, 18 million for next season. He's essentially a vehicle here to get PJ Washington to, uh, to Oklahoma city. Right. And I think that like, it would be a multitude of things. I think that they try to stay away from an additional first, but I think that they would give up to two more second round picks. And if it's of any interest, like Pokashevsky, Trey Mann, like those type of players would be, would be willing to, those two specifically would, would, would be available. Now, now Poku's are an, an impending restricted free agent. He has not shown that he'll get an NBA contract whenever this is all said and done. He'll more than likely have the way of Darius Baisley, who's not in the league right now. Uh, and is in the G League, he might go back overseas, of course, with Poku's, uh, you know, kind of context. But Trey Mann is a spunky guard that can score, and he's he, you know, he's only played garbage time this year for the Thunder. But in that garbage time, he's really improved his efficiency. He's really improved his defense. He's really improved his playmaking. So if that's something that Charlotte could use, then it's it's worth a shot to give him a half a season of a tryout. That he's just not going to be able to crack that rotation in Oklahoma City. So it could be beneficial for both Trey Mann himself and also for the Thunder to to provide more value to in turn get PJ Washington on their roster. Yeah, it's an, so I I like Trey I I like a little bit of Trey Man. The issue I think Charlotte have is is probably a little bit of crossover with Nick Smith Jr. is like a kind of like one slash two whose selling point is like his his scoring like pull up scoring kind of, and that's that's the only issue I see. So I think I prefer like a second round pick instead of Trey Man. But if it was a throw in as well, like they just wanted to clear a roster spot or something of that nature, I I'd be open to taking a swing, but. Okay, I think that's an interesting trade, like two seconds. And the reason I went with the 2026 second for Charlotte fans so they know is because Charlotte are likely, because of the Kai Jones trade, to be out of their second round pick in both 2026 and 2027 because that future first, which I think currently belongs to San Antonio, turns into two seconds in those two years. And I think that's the most likely outcome. So I'm looking again long-term here about trying to replenish some of those draft assets that you've, you've given away in that, misplaced Kai Jones trade. Okay. That's very interesting, Ryland. We might come back to that. Let's let's go to the next one. Which one do you want to hit next of the other four trades I sent you? So I, I think that number two, just going more in order of just this one is interesting because immediately there's a there's a no-go in here. I don't think the Thunder would give up. The, the trade is Nick Richards for, for Kenrich Williams and the Thunder give up Kenrich and a second round pick for Nick Richards. I don't think that the Thunder would give up Kenrich Williams because Similar to what you were talking about of of <laughs> providing defense, providing physicality, uh, yes. providing just kind of that level of of just toughness. Kenneth Williams is one of the only guys on the roster who provides any of that toughness and any of that physicality to this team. And he is such he's so looked upon as a leader and as a as a kind of commander of the locker room and a guy who Marcus said will will quote 
pick you up by your shirt collar and, and snap you out of it if you're not doing the right thing day in and day out. I don't think they're going to give him up for for many players, but but not uh, Nick Richards especially. Would it be possible yeah. to change it to Aaron Wiggins, who 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 does similar things? Uh, is a really versatile defender. He is able to play really well off the catch. He can cut off ball uh, and he can play finish on the offensive end. So you get Wiggins, who's younger and, and, and kind of could, if he does hit, which I think he would, I think that, that the only thing holding Wiggins back is his lack of minutes. And I don't know why the Thunder don't give him those minutes. I think he's better than a lot of the players that they do give minutes to. I think he's going to be a, a prime, a prime quality role player in the NBA and rotational piece in the NBA. Him in a couple seconds, for Nick Richards, is that not enough value? Where's the value at for the Charlotte side? How do they grade out Nick Richards? So firstly, everything you just said about Kenrich Williams is exactly the reason that I wanted him in Charlotte because he is the definition of that type of personality also with the skill set that this team needs. Um, I, I was kind of hoping that maybe, I know he was very much of that stance a year or two ago and I was thinking as they graduated, they might kind of like move away from Kenrich. But I look, I understand it. That's why I was looking to it. Aaron Wiggins is interesting. Um, he is probably someone that I would need to watch more of because you're right, he doesn't play that many minutes and I haven't seen that much Aaron Wiggins. I, I know what the idea of him is, but you will know him a lot better than me. What type of, you talk about, you know, what type of role player wing? Is he like a more of a three or a four? Have you, can you give any kind of player comps of what, what you think sort of role he would play? Yeah, so for the Thunder who do play a more wacky style of positionless basketball, he does play down to the four a lot, okay. uh, and, and at times he can even play the five. I think that in a more traditional lineup with a more traditional coach, he'd be more of a three slash four than a than a four slash three, if that makes sense. He'd let, he played primary small forward, but he can play down to power forward because those two positions are pretty interchangeable nowadays in the modern NBA. But yeah, you want to put him out there, uh, and, and but, but defensively, the benefit is despite you know his his lack of of sheer raw size he can wall up at the rim very well he can switch one through five in a pinch obviously you'd much rather him switch one through four than switch onto a five but if he wasn't a five you would not just throw your hands up and say the possession's over he can go make something happen so mm -hmm. defensively the, the defense is there for him offensively if he gets that shot working which it has but it's a small sample size so we don't really know about the shot because he hasn't played enough minutes hasn't got enough volume to truly stamp that that shot's like legit but what is legit is his cutting. What is legit is his play finishing in the dunker spot uh, and his ability to cut off ball and get behind the defensive action. And so that can really, uh, he's really provided a safety net or a safety valve for the Thunder's guards who love the drive, who love to get into the paint. And he can be, you know, a best friend to a lot of these young guards in Charlotte. So I think that Wiggins is an interesting target, uh, but I don't know if if that is enough to move the needle for, for Nick Richards, who I assume that Charlotte yeah. likes uh, quite a bit. So for me, it would come down to, what Charlotte plan to do at center generally. And I don't think they're going to know at this trade deadline because they have not chosen to put in the new front office yet. And I think that's going to create some confusion. If Charlotte look at this going into the off season that, you know what, we need to upgrade like a more physical center, a Jonas Valanciunas and Nick Claxton, and then Mark Williams is coming off the bench. Then I can absolutely see Nick Richards being moved while he's got value now, you know, um, playing as a, playing as a starter, he's under under contract at a low cost for the next few years. Um, I could see like that would be quite a next level planning ahead kind of move. I just don't have confidence that they're like that. And for me, the other thing is like this team just desperately needs shooting. And and trading for an Aaron Wiggins, who the shot might or might not be there, that's the big worry for me because I like everything you say about his defense cutting, but 
you're going to be probably be playing with another non-shooter at the, at the five, which obviously in OKC, you've got Chet who can stretch the floor, so it probably fits quite well. I don't know if they're going to have that in Charlotte. So that gives me some pause. But again, I, I haven't seen as much Aaron Wiggins as I would have liked. So that's, a, it's an, again, a couple of second round picks for Nick Richards and Aaron Wiggins. I, I don't hate it. Let's put it that way. But it would have to like plan into your wider team building. Yeah, it would it would totally just be a bet on on if you think that his volume is legit because yeah. you know last year he had 122 total threes and shot 39%. This year he's shooting 50% from three, but he's only shot 38 threes. So like it's a bet on that being true to who Wiggins yeah. is. And if it is true to who Wiggins is, his contract is is insanely valuable because he was uh you know the 55th overall pick in his draft and the Thunder signed him to uh one of those you know deals where it's similar to what a first rounder gets, although it's way less money and, and less of it is guaranteed. So for example, this year, he's only owed 1.8 next year is a 1.9 club option. So you're getting him for under $2 million next yeah. year. And then you can rework him, uh, you know, soon be, be contract eligible, you know, kind of extension eligible without having burst onto the scene yet. Then you can then get him on a value contract again, as he continues to develop and as he continues to kind of show his value and show his worth in the NBA. So I personally buy the shot having watched all of his threes that he's taken in the NBA. I buy it. It's just that like, I understand that it's a risk uh, of the small sample size turning into uh, you know, major sample size has that affects his percentages. Yeah. Look, I'm interested. Uh, absolutely. I think that would be, I would not rule that out at all. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to the next one. I think that's, that's which is a Gordon Hayward based trade. But again, it was, you know, basically a way to get Kenrich Williams, which was Davis Batans, Kenrich Williams, and Poku for Gordon Hayward. I mean, you've already talked about Kenrich Williams. Sounds like any trade involving that would would not be keen to give that up. Um, any more yeah. thoughts on this one? I I do actually. I have a thought for you of of I love Gordon Hayward for this Thunder team. Mm-hmm. I don't love it at the cost of Kenrich Williams. I'm fine with yeah. Poku and Batans. What what is the vibe from someone who is super tapped into Charlotte? Cause I think that Charlotte is one of those teams that like nationally people just kind of like assume things about, for example, people are assuming that they'll just buy out Gordon Hayward and he, there's no way that the, that the Charlotte Hornets have leverage with Gordon Hayward. Could the Thunder just, just do the whole Bertans Poku thing for the salary, uh, you know, and fill in the salary with, with like Trey man or whatever as well, if they still need to get there money wise, but then just overwhelm you with second round picks because that's at least, better assets than potentially buying out or is buying out not even an option. Like what's, what's going on with, with Gordon Hayward? Because I would love him in Oklahoma city, even at the cost of two, three second round picks. Look, if Gordon Hayward is making 12 million per year, I think he would probably have like late first round value, you know, because he is an impact player. He can play the two and the three he can create play, make. He's a smart defender when he's healthy, which again, like and any value of what you think of Gordon Hayward is the player. You basically have to take, 30% off that because of the injury risk or he will be playing hurt. Um, I, I completely understand that. Um, but he is still a very impactful player. Uh, will they potentially buy him out? That, I mean, I've spoken to various LinkedIn people. We've spoken to Mike Scotto from Hoops Hype. We spoke to Jake Fisher. They both think a buyout is, is a possibility, right? Because just the difficulty, especially for a contender, of moving for like 31 million. You know, there aren't that many contracts around the league. Kyle Lowry is one that kind of matches with Gordon Hayward. Davis Bertans, plus, like you say, some filler is another one. Um, he's definitely somebody who I think 
they should look to move. I, I mean, I think it would be if Gordon Hayward got bought out and went and signed with the contender, I think a lot of people for this team would just hold their, their head in their hands. And, you know, moving Gordon Hayward for some second round picks is a lot better than moving them for nothing. And like you say, if you take on Trey Mann or Poku and, and you can find something maybe towards the end of the season, there's some value there as well. So if you're talking two or three second round picks for Gordon Hayward, uh, when the talk is buyout is a possibility, I think that would be music to a lot of lot of players' ears. Um, so I, absolutely, I think if there is a deal out there, which is Bertans, Poku, Treyman for Gordon Hayward, um, let's throw James Bucknight in maybe as well to, for roster spot purposes um, and just so he can be a, a, a nominal member of the OKC Thunder at least for one day before he gets waived, we can, uh, we can do that as well. Yeah, I would I would love Gordon Hayward in Oklahoma City. I think that that is the player that you acquire 20 second round picks for. To where, yeah, you might dip into three of those, but it's a it's a great risk to take of if he does stay healthy, then boom, you have really yeah. helped this team. And if he doesn't stay healthy, you use three of your 20 second round picks. Like and, you, yeah. and second round picks are so easy to recuperate. You just got three of them for Gordon Hayward. So like I you know, you can easily restock that that kind of pile. And he's played in the playoffs. You talked about lack of playoff experience in the past. That Gordon Hayward has been there, right? With Utah, with Boston. um, That is absolutely something that he would bring, like that veteran presence to the the Thunder roster, which as good as they are, they don't, like you say, they don't have a lot of that veteran presence. So absolutely, out of that, the PJ Washington for Bertans, which of those do you prefer? So I, I would prefer Gordon Hayward on this roster, but... I still really am encouraged and, and, and intrigued with yeah. PJ Washington, but I, I would rank them as like Gordon Hayward would be the top, uh, top billing for me. And then PJ Washington. You see, that may make some sense for Charlotte as well, because I think there are other places PJ Washington could go, which should other have interest. Whereas Gordon Hayward just due to the salary is more difficult to trade. So if you're saying, well, which one of these do we do for batons? I think Gordon Hayward from the Charlotte perspective, if they're set on moving PJ Washington as well, which there's been rumored interest in, that would make some sense. Um, my last trade um, was an attempt to try and lure away one of your starters, which I knew was going to be difficult, right? Which is Lou Dort, who I'm calling discount OG Ananobi. Um, it was PJ Washington plus Nick Richards. I know it wasn't enough, but I just wanted to try and find something out there so I could talk about how much I love Lou Dort. Um, is there any world that the Oklahoma City moved Lou Dort? So there is a world in that in general. The problem is Charlotte does not live in that world. And, yes. and I say that because like Lou Dort right now is shooting 42% from three. And we know what he is in the defensive end uh, of the floor. He is phenomenal on that end. And for me, w- when you look at Lou Dort, his contract is going to be a contract that can fill uh, salary, can fill, you know, in the Thunder's pursuit of an eventual start, if they ever go that route, he can fill the void contractually. At the same token, his contract will look a lot better as the cap number continues to go up and as his shooting efficiency remains where it's at right now, uh, you know, surrounded by good players. And whenever you're trying to make a superstar trade or a big trade, and if you want to keep that 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 gunpowder dry, so to say, and, and, and still have that in your back pocket, you can't just overwhelm teams. I don't care if you have if you have four first round picks to throw at them. They still want something tangible. They want that that Splenda packet in their coffee, something to push it over the edge. And what better way to do that than here's a bunch of first round picks. Here's five first round picks. 
plus a starting level player in Lou Dort. And yes, Lou Dort's not going to be a superstar or an all-star, but he's one of the best defenders in the NBA. He's going to yeah. be a, a fixture of your starting lineup. And we just gave you a bunch of first round picks. Now give us back, you know, X all-star X superstar uh, here. And for the thunder, they'll slide in case and Wallace into that role of being a, a top um, you know, elite defender. Uh, if he progresses that way, as he's trending to right now, and, and then fill in, fill in the gaps that way. So the Thunder, you know, have Case and Wallace waiting in their wings. But really, when you look at their roster, if we both agree that to make trades happen, you need more than just picks. You need something to, to kind of sweeten the deal. Yeah. Who else would be the sweetener? Usman Jang's not good enough. Like he's not. Josh Giddy, where's enough. Josh Giddy at? Obviously, he had a disappointing season this year. Uh, you know, there's some sweat. Like I think seeing people speculate about him potentially being a trade candidate, but I've not seen any well sourced reporting and that actually being reality. Yeah, so Josh Giddy certainly, uh, I, I don't think, is available right now for the Thunder. I think that they are going to continue to see how he progresses. But the thing is, like, as of this moment, it, it goes back to the contractual thing of if you're trying to trade for a star, you know, his his deal is still on a rookie scale deal right now. And also, his trade values have never been lower. He's played really uh, bad this season up until the last, you know, three weeks. He's, he's turned it around a little bit. Uh, hopefully, hopefully going to continue that, that trend for him on the court. Uh, but yeah, I think that, like, Josh Giddy is by no means an untouchable. But he's also still in that that area where the Thunder is just kind of waiting and waiting and seeing. Whereas, like with Lou Dort, you know what Lou Dort is. Like this is what Lou Dort is, and it's a fantastic player to round out your starting five. Absolutely, it is a is a fantastic defender. And you're not looking to trade Lou Dort, but if push comes to shove and you eventually do want to go make an All Star superstar trade, which I don't know that they ever will, but if they ever did, Lou Dort would be that kind of sweetener to to push it over the edge because he's not only a good player, but he can help match the money in a deal like that. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Um, right, Rylan. I don't think I have any other trades to throw at you. Have, have you any of the last things that you want to touch on here before we get out? I would really, really love if Gordon Hayward wound up wearing Thunder Blue. So however we make that happen, uh, let's yeah. do it. And the other thing is, if he does get bored out, like we probably know it's unlikely he signs in Oklahoma City, right? Just right. things I know that could happen, and I, I would like it to happen for OKC, but just the way this goes, it's normally you know, Boston, LA, Philadelphia, like the Clippers, just the way the NBA seems to work. Um, so I guess that's the other thing that OKC are against. It's not only that they're probably not going to be maybe major players on the buyout market. And equally, if they were to trade for him, it stops maybe him signing with the Clippers or the Lakers or one of their rivals in the West. So exactly. You and that's why you're as- comfortable giving up those two, three second round picks. You get, you throw, you throw away one just for the insurance of, you don't got to fight for him in the buyout exactly. market. And then a couple yeah. for his actual value. So I get the, I think that that is perfect. Yeah. And again, we're not going to get into which of Oklahoma City's 20 second round picks we think should make part of the deal. Um, what, whatever, like there's a, there's a way to figure it out. That's not good podcasting for anyone. But look, Gordon Hayward for Bertans plus Poku plus three, two, three second round picks. I'm, I'm marking that in as a, as a deal. I'm calling that one in right now. Let's do it. All right. Well, Rylan, thank you very much. Uh, tell the people where they can find your work if they enjoyed what listened to today. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter, uh, uh, Locked on Thunder, uh, wherever you get your podcasts from, uh, YouTube, podcast, uh, Spotify, Apple, all that good stuff. And then you can also just go to thundersintentions.com uh, and check it out as well. So uh, thanks for having me on again, James. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and hopefully maybe we'll do this again if, uh, the, th- if the Thunder and Hornets actually do make a trade. Absolutely. If there is any any content, we will definitely be coming your way. Ryland, you've been a star. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me.